So, um, really just kind of start out with the kind of the more obvious background questions. Personally, how did you get into the wonderful world of brewing? Um, I started home brewing when I was 21, and, uh, no, I, uh, I discovered American, well, craft beer in general, um, while traveling around the country in a band and touring, and, uh, I got to drink beer underage all over the country and kind of discovered it that way. And when I got back, I was like, I want to know how it's made, and want to know where the, all the flavors come from, and, um... So when I started doing that, it certainly kind of snowballed into um, you know, kind of more than just a hobby and uh, was able to get into a tasting that Mark Stutterud at Summit was leading and uh, just a general beer style kind of tasting. And uh, from there, I talked to him and said, hey, do you guys ever need an extra help? I looking, you know, part-time work kind of stuff, and um, eventually ended up working there, so. Cool. Kind of started, yeah, it was somewhat organic. It wasn't a planned thing. I didn't go to college for chemistry or, or biology, you know, anything that even touched on brewing. Um, I was strictly thought I was going to play music as a living forever, you know, <laughs> so. So on your, uh, on your travels, can you think back to one or maybe a few beers that really just, like, Open your eyes to this is this is a great field of, of craft beer. Um, you know, the, probably the biggest. Well, you know, I usually end up getting kicked out because I, I wasn't of age. So, uh, luckily, the other guys in the band were of age, and one that sticks out a lot was uh, going to Bridgeport. This was probably 1990, and uh, you know, I couldn't even go in there. Really, so they kicked me out. So we just got beer to go and drank it at the room. So <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the Bridgeport. Um, I don't think they make the. I think there's Pintail was a beer they made then, and uh, and then going to a bar in San Francisco and being able to try, um, you know, any anything from Anchor, um, you know, was was definitely kind of kind of freaked out. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm here drinking this beer in the town it's made. And, um, so it wasn't, I don't, you know, in summer, Pale Ale, of course, was kind of her mainstay at the time. Yeah. So that was, you know, and Sam Adams, honestly, when I turned 21, we had a keg of um, Sam Adams, I'm sure it was the Boston Lager. Um, and when it was, before it was really in this market, I, mean, I think we turned like a hundred bucks for a keg, and that was in 91. So, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a special treat for us, that's for sure. My brother, my brother secured the keg, so it was, uh, I look back on it now, it's like, yeah, all the beers that are available, it certainly has changed, so. Yeah. So then you, you got into home brewing, and then how have you uh, kind of pursued your career up to the point where you're now brewing with Surly? Um, I worked at, uh, got that part-time job at Summit, mm -hmm. um, basically as, uh, bottling line help. That, after about a year, turned into a full-time position, and then I was able to, uh, get trained in the brewhouse, and then did that for a couple of years, and then started filtering. Um, never did any packaging there, other than the general, like, you know, hand packing boxes. Um, and then left there, I just didn't feel like uh, the brewing I was doing there was really what I was passionate.
talking about, which was the creative side of brewing, uh, formulating recipes, that kind of stuff. So I left there without a job and just took a couple months off and got a phone call from a friend that knew the brewers at the Rock Bottom downtown Minneapolis. Said, hey, they're looking for a brewer that needs somebody's experience because they're ready to open a bunch of new stores all over the country and they need somebody that can get trained in by the end of the year. This is the middle of summer. They could take over as head brewer. And, uh, you know, I honestly not had anything good to say or hear, heard anything good about Rock Bottom, Minneapolis, and uh, never even been in there before my inter- first interview there. And, uh, obviously I needed money, and it was a, the way I saw it was a challenge and also an opportunity to, to get back into that creative side, because most people don't realize Rock Bottom allows their, brewer, their head brewers to create the recipes, um, and kind of fit their own market. So it really allowed me to, to do what I wanted to do in brewing, which was create flavors with, you know, raw materials that make beer. And I wasn't able to do that so like because it's a production job, you know, just keep making a lot of extra pale ale and saw this as an opportunity to be, be uh, paid to basically do all the stuff I enjoyed doing with uh, brewing. So raw material stuff, bringing different malts, yeast. Um, so I was out there for almost 10 years. And uh, during that time, I got more handy with the uh, the welding torch and the soldering torch. And uh, that kind of told it I know kind of prepped me for what was to become the leaving rock bottom and going to help Omar get uh, his equipment set up and uh, start brewing. So that's really... Great, yeah. I didn't realize that um, Rock Bottom actually allowed so much uh, freedom with their brewers. They do, and you know they kind of, kind of uh, got themselves into a corner a little bit with that because you know for running restaurants you want consistency and you want people to be able to come in and expect you know a certain quality from the food or signature dishes. But with beer, it's so I think it's more local. So they've. They've, I gotta give them credit for, for to this day, you know, unless you're in a market where they've got five rock bottoms, you know, like Denver, you probably find a couple beers that are the same, but there's always gonna be four or six beers that are completely different than what everybody else has. So in, this, in Minnesota, there's nothing nearby, so I pretty much had free reign of, uh, you know, you don't, obviously you don't want to make bad beer, eh? and you don't want to make stuff that's so off the wall that you can't sell it. So you got to be realistic about it. It's a business, and you know, you're employed by a company to sell, make and sell beer. But at the same time, um, it's, a, it's a tremendous learning experience from a recipe formulation standpoint. And they encourage you know, doing small pilot batches and being creative, and um, that's really what kind of uh, kept me going on the creative side of brewing and, and now it's pretty much all I do it's really is fix, build stuff and, and uh, you know, create different recipes and and uh, figure out how we can make them and how we can brew them consistently because they're not, not necessarily traditional in the classic sense of brewing, so. Yeah, so how did then, uh, exactly how did you become uh, the brewmaster there at, at Surly? What was the the connection there? Me and, well, the backstory is me and Omar actually grew up together. Um, his mom is German, his dad is uh, Pakistan, and um, 
people together, and uh, I remembered him as a kid. He's kind of uh, stuck out in my mind. And one day he had a meeting with our malt salesman in town at Rock Bottom, and I talked to the malt salesman afterwards. I was like, who's this guy that wants to start a party? Because, um, you know, starting a party in Minnesota is kind of a, kind of a joke. It's like, oh, I don't put a party in Minnesota. Uh, open one in Wisconsin is kind of a joke because laws suck here. <laughs> so, um, he told me his guy's name's Omar. And I'm like, what's his last name? There's no way I grew up with that kid. And anyways, me and Omar hooked up CBC Crafters Conference in San Diego that same year and uh, started talking on a daily or week by weekly basis. And he'd come in and brew or uh, kind of assist or watch, observe, brew with me at rock right bottom. And, we started talking at the same time, me and my wife just opened a, a cafe in our neighborhood in South Minneapolis and uh, wasn't really ready to, to just leave the financial security of a job that I'd held for, you know, six, seven years. Um, so as we continued to talk, you know, the restaurant was more stable um, and uh, was able to uh, just I come out and ask Omar because he didn't offer me the job or ask if I wanted to work with him. And just kind of like, I guess I'd led him to believe that I was too busy or it was too much of a risk when here I thought I was trying to sell myself, you know, for months and like, here's all the stuff I can do. And so we basically, you know, typical guys just weren't really communicating. Um, so uh, once I said, well, why haven't you ever asked me to prove for you? And um, he's like, I didn't think you would. Or I didn't think you're, you're, you know, I thought you were too busy, so um, that's that's kind of how that went down. And then after that, you know, I gave my notes to Rock Bottom and started. He had a consultant to get the equipment, and uh, it was all at the brewery, but basically everything had to be put together, wired, um, was used, so there's no drawings, and to plumb all the tanks in. So we got that to just probably September, uh, at least over three months, so. Um, but it was, it was a lot of work for just two of us, so. Mm. That's a, quite the unique story to, to kind of yeah. split apart and come back to find a friend, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 uh, and, you know, as I get older, the, it's even more apparent how small the world really is. And, <laughs> um, just every week now, it's like some weird connection, you know? Yeah. Uh, quick, quick side question, just because we're actually both uh, originally from Minneapolis. Uh, where's Where's oh, your okay. cafe? Uh, cafe Twenty Eight is in Linden Hills, oh, which sure. is uh, right by Lake Harriet. Absolutely. And uh, it's in the old fire station, Minneapolis Fire Station Twenty Eight. So the name is Cafe Twenty Eight. So okay. Yeah, my it's a neighborhood beer, beer and wine only kind of. Uh, small, only like 35 seats inside in the patio in the summer, um, so it's pretty small, but kind of caters to uh, beer and wine drinkers, and uh, kind of got turned into a nice little beer, beer cafe, kind of a, a lot of people think it reminds them of Europe, there's like, you know, good, good food, local ingredients, and then also a lot of local beer and good beer, so it's not, uh, it's not fancy at all, it's just, uh, Kind of a quality place to stop with kids or friends or whatever, you know. Yeah, very cool. I'm assuming these have uh, Surly on tap. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, actually, my uh, my dad used to live on 50th and Penn, so I know the area. It's a very nice oh, area. Yeah, 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 it is. And uh, no, 
we love the neighborhood, and for years, you know, my wife was in beer sale. We've actually met at Summit. She was the salesperson there. Mm. Um, she was the first salesperson they hired, and uh, that's where we met. I was a brewer there at the time, and we met there, and then she moved on from there and got out of sales. And, you know, we would always joke, God, it's too bad we couldn't walk to a place, have a beer, and have a, you know, a decent meal, and, uh, because in this neighborhood, you can walk to everything else. You get to a hardware store, grocery store, coffee shops, um, butcher. And there's, at the time, there really wasn't anything at night that catered to beer and wine drinkers and, and dinner. So and now we have it, and now we never go there. Because <laughs> like, then, then you're working, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of moving back to the brewery. Uh, kind of in the startup, what was the initial goal or direction of the brewery? Did you guys set out to maybe brew a certain style or um, kind of have a, uh, you know, what was what was the insight and the vision of where Surly was going to go? Well, Omar and his wife really had the, you know, the branding part, the, the idea of Surly, um, the logo, all that stuff was kind of their baby. Um, and I think what I helped with is like, beer styles, um, you know, set aside, you know, the recipes are, are a different thing, but just where we wanted to go direction-wise, we really agreed on what we thought this market needed. And it certainly wasn't, oh, we're going to make the most crazy beers. It was just like, why can't we get these beers that me and Omar really, really liked? We couldn't get them locally unless you went to the Rock Bottom Town Hall or Fickers. Um, if someone's not addressing that market, so, you know, we'd travel, Omar and his wife would travel to Portland or beer trips or whatever, and it's like all these great beers, and um, you just don't have that hot forward profile, you don't have, you know, beers that are kind of not brewed style here and all that stuff, so we just really wanted to focus on brewing the best beer we could. No, everybody says that, but that's honestly what we, you know, we just want to make great beer that was not represent flavor wise would not was not represented in this market and that was it that the simplest thing you know we want to make a really hoppy beer and then we needed something else and that's where bender came in but we also wanted to to uh you know make them the quality we didn't want to dumb them down because oh we're in minnesota people aren't going to get it we just said screw it you know we're let's just do it that's that's uh and at the time, it seemed risky, and we're, you know, Omar was convinced he'd come back dejected for the first couple of weeks of trying to sell kegs on the back of his pickup, and just like, I don't know what we're going to do, you know, it's, we got to, it's just, so obviously, um, Furious and Bender caught on quite quickly with some key accounts that, uh, you know, this kind of, the upswell of, of when we started also was at the time when Kraft beer in this market, kind of people were extremely ready for it, you know? I mean, there's a lot of college kids that have traveled that are 25 now, and they're like, why isn't there a really hoppy West Coast-style beer in this market, you know? So I think the, the market was overly ready, and uh, um, we didn't realize that at the time. I mean, in hindsight, we would have done things a lot differently, but how do you know? You know, how do you know to plan on growth that we just experience and we've actually had to pull back on some growth because some things are 
or you know, you can't just add more tanks. You need you need brewers. You need infrastructure, and you don't want to see the quality go down. So we've tried to do it as controlled as we can and keep the product integrity the same, and not burn out our staff, and not bring in people that really should be there. So, um, in the wake of that, we've you know had to piss off some people that can't get the beer, but <laughs> it's certainly not. It's not by design, and it's not a strategy of marketing or hype or anything. It's it's honest and it's it's organic. It was never, you know, we're going to make a little bit of beer and, and create this mystique of why you can't get it. That's not our. That's never our intention. <laughs> so yeah, we've just seen explosive growth last year with Furious in our whole market. That it's it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. It's honestly, it's it's going to be tough to a challenge to keep up this year and for all the specialties we've kind of already planned on brewing based on the last couple of years seasonal schedule you know hmm. so well um i know you said you're you know you're not the business guy and this was sort of uh omar's thing but i, I do have to ask about uh the the image of surly um we have a, a third co-host who wasn't able to be here tonight unfortunately john who um commented uh, when he first saw the Surly cans that reminded him of sort of a mid-90s No Fear t-shirt. And I've also, <laughs> I've also heard people uh, uh, comment about it. It's sort of a very interesting uh, uh, logo and sort of uh, uh, also the cans is another question. People always point out something that you guys do a little bit differently, uh, doing cans as opposed to bottles. Um, I just wondered if you had any insight you know, working there on, uh, on sort of where those decisions came from. Well, uh, the logo, um, Omar and Becca had almost, you know, pretty much complete when I got on board, and they had some help from uh, the company that still does our can layout. They're currently uh, just getting ready to re to launch our new website, hopefully this week. And that's Bidwell ID, and they're out in Massachusetts, and that's a, a somewhat distant family relation to Omar's wife. Um, and they do, they do like brand marketing and stuff. Um, okay. But at that point, it was just the logo. Um, and one con conversation me and Omar had was like, this is before I was even on board, I think. It's like, maybe I just was. But, uh, you know, hey, so, you know, someday you're going to have your beer in cans. And Omar just like laughed. And I, and I know what, what a great vehicle it is for... Um, for beer, and it can be, um, you know, if the beer's good and it's in a can, it's put in the can good, it's gonna, it's, it's protected pretty darn well um, compared to, say, a glass bottle or whatever. You guys know the deal with yeah, the yeah, light and all that. Light so it's not, it's not a huge thing, but before, you know, before Oscar Blues, you know, even Oscar Blues have been doing it three years and still nobody here to even knew what was going on yet. So he yeah. wasn't quite ready for the idea. Uh, my <laughs> wife interjected that, hey, you know, a 16-ounce can would be really cool. It's, you know, it's not only a bigger surface for your for your logo and image size, it's also, uh, you know, it's like a, more like a pint, like you're at a pub and kind of that whole sure. social aspect. And then from there, you know, Omar's kind of the classic passive-aggressive Minnesotan. You know, he, he looks... You know, he's pretty clean cut and fairly, um, you know, business-like, where I probably look more the part of Surly, quote-unquote Surly. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. But he's, def 
he is definitely surly. That's the funny thing is, you know, that was his deal, but I just kind of fit the mold. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, together we just play off each other and have fun with the cans and the layouts. And then throw Bidwell in the mix and the, the our agency record, and we kind of just work on the, the, the way stuff looks, but then also the attitude of the text and um, stuff like that. So, no, we, we obviously want to make beer, we want to have fun, and we don't want to really pay any mind to, um, you know, we don't want to be mean to other people, but we also don't care. You know, it's like, this is what <laughs> we want to do, and we're going to do it, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, that's not how you do it, or, you know, I don't know. It's supposed to be fun, and we're proud of what we, we've, we've done, so it's kind of fun to seen uh the bottles of darkness as a matter of fact um i don't know if you remember we met very briefly at, at darkness day um, oh yeah 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 because you're with spencer right? spencer's buddy yeah 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 yeah, yeah um, and and uh kyle had only had darkness at um the great taste in midwest so it's just a little sample so we're actually drinking one of those bottles right now as we speak um, oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know we figure we're talking to, the, to todd from surly we should probably drink some surly right. beer and since we can't buy it here, this is all I had. That's true. <laughs> um, the, uh, the first time I had Darkness, I know I liked it, but it was the great taste has that reputation of uh, not really remembering everything from that whole day. So this has been a, it's a nice uh, refresher course. So. Yeah, I know, I know that feeling, Madison, that <laughs> late afternoon feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, while we're on the subject, before I ask you about Darkness, um, we we can't get your beer in Madison. I know you've done a little bit of distribution uh, just across the border in Wisconsin, but uh, do you think there's any chance that it'll be coming this this way anytime soon? I don't honestly. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Dang. I, I mean, I only say that because I don't want to overcommit. Because um, probably a good idea. It's, yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said earlier. We've had growth of our just like furious even, everything um, in our own market to the point now where we're like, wow, we probably shouldn't be sending beer anywhere else. So, uh, which is new. This is the first, every winter, historically, we've added a new market or area. And um, this is the first winter we haven't. And it's kind of freaky because it seems like, uh, you know, that that's part of, that's exciting. You want to always get your beer to new people's uh, bars, restaurants, liquor stores, and um, but it's, we just don't have, we're already, we just, we're committed to the people we can get beer to and we don't want to screw that up. So right now we, we're just, we're not, we're in a holding pattern. We're going to try to, you know, 
we've got four tanks again I'll have them uh, up and running here into this month um, that will get filled next month and uh, that'll certainly be they'll be up in at full steam for summer but I don't think we'll see any new growth market wise um, you know, maybe at the end of the year at the earliest but I don't even know I think that's all going to be in Minnesota because there's a lot of liquor stores and areas that don't get our beer so you know, Chicago was kind of just a well let's sell some beer it, it, we thought it would be a great way to like grow and be able to like holy crap we've got two new tanks online which we got a bunch of tanks in the cooler you know that kind of thing where we sure. can send them to Chicago and uh, it's kind of kind of a double-edged sword because now we're, we've got accounts there that we don't want to screw over and we just really don't, we should probably shouldn't be sending beer there or Wisconsin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even, I mean, we, we only have like, you know, maybe three or four accounts in western Wisconsin, so the volume's pretty low there, but Chicago is such a huge market. We could sell lots and lots of beer there. Um, right now we got to take care of Minnesota, so... You know, we actually, you know, I've heard something very similar with New Glarus, where they just kept, uh, the demand just grew and grew, and they had to pull back just because they wanted to at least, you know, supply to everyone here in Wisconsin. Um, right. And that's a complaint I hear from a lot of people in Minnesota, is you can't get New Glarus beer. Um, same thing with Chicago, you can't really get it outside the state, uh, which I think is actually kind of cool that uh, you have enough people in your own area that really love your beer and what you're doing, that all you can do is support them, and not, it's not really a bad problem to have. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've kind of got this, I guess, idea that with the economy the way it is, or it's getting, it seems to be getting better, but I think hopefully we're going to see regionalization of more things, and that's not just food products, but beer. Um, I think that's great. I like the fact that people come to Minnesota and they're excited because they can get stuff that they can't get in Pennsylvania or, you know, Wisconsin's so close, it's, it doesn't, you know, yeah, obviously Madison's a little bit further, but it's still in the grand scheme of things pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, that's kind of, you know, as I discovered beer, I think that was a big part of it. It's like, I think there's something kind of neat about that that creates know some pride in, in a state or a region because they have something they're proud about and nobody else can get it and it's and likewise you know california's got some great beers that we can't get and we're trying to trying to get furious fresh to people and make sure it's turning over and i get nervous about sending it further and further away and the beer's going to be in worse shape and it's going to get in the hands of somebody that's never had it and not know what it's supposed to taste like and it's kind of a, kind of a kind of a slippery slope when you kind of lose control of uh, how long your beer's sitting out, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a, a, a line a lot of people have to try and uh, be careful with. Um, but I, my wife's from northern Wisconsin, so um, and we have friends there and camp there and stuff, so I'm just amazed now when I go up north, and I'm talking north Wisconsin where, you know, it's all north woods and close to the UP. Yeah. And New Glarus is up there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 10 years ago, there was no craft beer up there. Summit maybe a little bit, but 
nothing. And now everybody you go to has, it's awesome. I mean, that's that's how it should be in Wisconsin. And obviously, it's known for its pride in Wisconsin things. And it's a perfect example of it to see a brewery like that do, do that in their home state. So, yeah. All right, cool. Hopefully, yeah, maybe, hopefully someday soon I'll be able to get Surly in, uh, in Duluth and uh, International Falls or wherever. There you go. <laughs> we do have cans up in Duluth now, so oh, that's good. Um, Great. Yeah, so that's, that's new. I think, you know, we've had draft beer up there for a while, but cans we added, I think, uh, a little over a year ago. So oh, wow. that's, it's funny how slow, and the, the further you get from a, you know, a, a dense population, the slower... Obviously, there's less people that are into craft beer, and the, it, it's kind of pokey. Like, Duluth didn't really take off for us like we thought it would, can-wise, but now it's starting to, and I think, you know, it's, it takes a while to get ingrained in, in people people's habits, but also in the liquor stores and sales routines. And, sure. you know, we don't do any marketing, or we don't have a sales team, so it's all kind of grassroots, and, you know, people... People that are looking for it should be able to find it up there. Um, they don't, you know, we don't send them, send them a ton of beer, but um, it's more and more every you know, quarter. So, very cool. 